What's happening, so fam? Welcome to the Anti High Quantum Healing Podcast, a podcast where we talk about manifestation, energy work, and so much more. Today, we have a very special guest that has just most recently released a book all about shadow work. I met this person a couple years ago, um, so like probably like one or two years ago, and we were on, I was featured on her podcast originally. Um, we've stayed in contact ever since. And since she's already published, published her like her second book already, I was like, it's so good to have somebody who's really good on uh, shadow work be on our podcast, giving you all the juice. So definitely make sure you check out Embrace Your Light podcast before I introduce Danielle Massey. Welcome. Thanks for having me. That was an awesome intro. It feels yeah. so special. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things that I, I ask everyone when we start off is uh, onto high means one of the three following definitions. Which one are you following right now? Uh, first definition is the cravings of life. That's where you're pretty much kind of like rediscovering the meaning of your own life. Uh, the cravings of victory is the second definition where you kind of like already understand where you're going and you're just like crushing all your goals right now. You're making everything happen or the power of the gods, which is you've already attained everything that you're looking for. You're already in the flow state and now you're understanding the greater depths of the cosmos. Where are you at? Oh, I love that. Okay. So I don't want to be too pigheaded and say three because I feel like in a lot of ways, yes, I have accomplished a lot of the goals that I have like becoming a published author, being able to speak around the world, like so many things I never imagined myself doing and here I am doing them. So somewhere between two and three, I think okay. at this point, I'm just really excited to keep diving further, like kind of what you were talking about with understanding the depths of what are we here for and what's going on. It's so juicy when you get into the meat of this and there's always more, right? There's so much more for us to explore all the time. Right. No, definitely. That sounds awesome. No, I definitely vibe with, with the power of the gods one as well. I think I'm usually there often with the kind of work that I do. Um, so, okay. Let us know, how did you get into shadow work? Why is shadow work important? Like, well, how did it change you? Oh yeah. So back five years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer and it shocked the hell out of me and my doctors, nobody really saw it coming. And it was one of those things where I was working at the time as a licensed psychotherapist. I had a full practice, full of clients. I was working my ass off and I was burned out. And I'd been burned out for a long time from all the years of schooling and not having enough money to pay for basic things like taking care of myself. And I fell hard when I was diagnosed with cancer. My depression was deep. And when I was in that bottom, in that really, really deep hole, I started to think to myself like, okay, you're down here now. And there's no coming out of this in a really easy way. So let yourself be here and sit here for a little while, but start to think about how you got here in the first place. And that was when I really found shadow work. I'd known about it for a few years before that. Um, shadow was something that I studied in psychology with Carl Jung. So it wasn't like it was a new concept, but I wanted to understand more of how I got sick in the first place. And so I started studying neuroscience. It was one of my majors in college. So that was easy. I just kind of picked up where I left off. And I wanted to understand the impact that stress has on our physical body, our energy, our emotions, and our lives. And with shadow work, we can really get to the core of all those things and literally retrain the brain 
uh, totally rework our energy, recreate our emotions and change our bodies. And it's simple. If it was one of those things that we just all were taught when we were young, it would be so second nature. We would never get sick. It would be so rare. So that was how I found shadow work. And now I've been doing it for the past five years. It completely changed my life. I'm not working as a therapist anymore because it just felt so surface level. Nothing was really getting to the core the way that shadow work could. And I've had thousands of students come through my programs and work with me doing shadow work. Obviously, I have the books out now, which is really exciting. And I'm just totally amped to spread the word about shadow work and how amazing of a tool it is. Gotcha. Hey, that sounds like a crazy story. It's interesting <laughs> how um, I've noticed that everyone who deals with like shadow work in some way, if they're like a practitioner, or they've mastered it. Um, or, you know, pseudo mastered it. They have like one of those like awakening experiences that are oh, really totally. very difficult. Yeah, no, for yeah, sure. I think you need to have one of those really intense dark night of the souls to get into shadow work. Because if you haven't seen like the depths of your darkness, what are you doing? Yeah, no. And especially because, um, you know, this, I'm recording this right after the lunar eclipse ends up happening, right? Just for like context for everybody who's listening, right? Um. Did you go through any like major shadow worky kind of things during that lunar kind of gap? Yeah, so I did actually. So my programs, they've been sold out forever. I always have huge wait lists. And this one was so slow. It was like people were like not signing up. And I had that moment of like, fuck, what are you doing? Like, what is even happening right now? And then I had that reflective moment of, oh, this is your opportunity for shadow work. That's what this is. So use it and do something with it. And once I was able to go back into my shadow and deal with it, everybody came rolling through again. The mm. universe is always giving us what we need, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, I had to ask because um, it's actually funny because I had very similar kind of experience as well where um, everything's been going like really crazy, like super bugged. I haven't had any time to do anything. And then the last two weeks, it just got like kind of really quiet. And I was just like, "Whoa, that's kind of really weird. Like where is this all coming <laughs> from? And um, I remember I went into like fight or flight mode. And one of the things that really, it was, it was like a form of shadow work. I feel like it was shadow work, but then at the same time, I feel like it was something beyond it because it kept showing me, look, Axel, like you've gone through, um, you know, extreme PTSD where you couldn't like live life and you've been homeless and this and this and this, like whatever is going on right now, it's not as bad as those moments. Right. And like, even if it, if, if you ended up in those places again, you at least now know that you can get out of those kind of situations. And in that moment, I was just kind of like, am I doing shadow work right now? Like I actually, <laughs> yeah, you actually, are. It sounds like we had exactly the same thing happen. Like literally the same thoughts in my head. I grew up really poor. Um, my parents had nothing. My mom was a drug addict. And it was always one of those situations where my life was scary when I was young. And now I have a very expensive house and like a really ritzy neighborhood. And it's all like put together and buttoned up, which is lovely. And I freaked the fuck out because I was like, well, if I'm not getting paid, how am I going to stay here? And then those mm -hmm. same thoughts came into my head of you've done worse. You'll be fine. You'll survive anything because you've done it before. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome that we both kind of like came out of it the same way. So, all right, shadow work. Um, I know a lot of people have like a general idea of shadow work. Um, 
And most people, I guess, would say like it's it's confronting the darker aspects of yourself. How would you describe it to other? Like, is there a different definition that you have for no, it? I or that's a great start to it. It just shows like how in tune you are with things because most of the time when I hear people reference shadow work, they do something that really grinds my gears. So we're going to correct it here for anybody that's listening. The shadow is your unconscious mind. That is the definition of it. And most people, when they talk about shadow work, say subconscious. And they're two very, very different spaces within your cognition. So if I were to define shadow work, I would say that it is going into your unconscious mind to confront the parts of yourself that you've repressed or hidden. So just mm-hmm. like it build upon the definition that you just gave so perfectly. That distinction is so key though. Because the subconscious is stuff that you can access on a daily basis pretty readily. So this is like your very typical journaling, like what's the worst thing that's ever happened to me? And you remember a moment. With shadow work, we want to go way beyond that. We want to go to things that you've completely forgotten about. So we're talking about when you were six months old and your parents were screaming, fighting downstairs. Your brain is still actively processing what's happening, but it's not stored in a conscious way. You don't remember things before three. In fact, depending on how much trauma you've had, you might not remember things before nine. So anything that is hidden and buried is dictating your personality, your behaviors, the way that you confront situations in your life. That's the good stuff. That's where we want to go with shadow work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, a great example of that, uh, that, I don't know, I just feel like I have to share it, is yeah. that the, the other day I had a client that... Um, he was just kind of like doing the homework that I gave him and he came back. Uh, he's a queer, he's a queer person and basically said, um, I never realized growing up in like a Christian society, like heavily, like, you know, like traditional Christian, um, that I being a gay person, I saw my body as like a temple of sin essentially. And he was like, I had never realized that that's kind of like where I was living my life from. And then once he kind of like confronted that, that was one of those things where he felt more comfortable in his body to be more of himself, you know? So that's one of those unconscious things that like, um, I guess it's a great example to reference in general for people who are listening, if they need like more examples of it. Absolutely. Um, It's a perfect example. And I can even relate to that myself. I'm bisexual and I married a straight man. And there's so much shame that goes into that from being a part of the LGBTQ community and feeling like I'm separate from it, like I'm not actually connected to it. So stuff like that can go way deeper, like going back to your childhood, feeling like you're other, feeling like you don't belong, but not really being able to put a finger on why. We all carry different types of shame and we all bury it because it's what we're taught to do. Yeah, no, definitely. So when it comes to like your new book, um, it's obviously about shadow work because it's got shadow work. Uh, <laughs> the title is a little too spot on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't a little bit too that. obvious. Well, Barnes and Nobles picked the name. I had something else in mind, but we're going okay. with what they think because I don't have a choice. Gotcha. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Like, what is it? Is it an exercise book? I know you sent it to me. I'm sorry, I haven't had a moment to read it just yet. I've been so busy, but um, I am gonna get there. So let us know. Give us a preview. Yeah. So within the book, it's uh, 12 chapters of me going deep into the process of shadow work. Like, what is it? How do you actually do it? And I include lots of exercises, things to open up psychic gifts, how to recognize trauma within the body, bringing in all that background that I have from my psychotherapy career. 
But the thing that I think makes it really cool is I actually reference my life throughout it. So I bring you guys into my darkest moments, the things that have kept me up at night for most of my life. So it's really personal and vulnerable, but hopefully everybody who reads it finds a little bit of themselves in there too. Yeah, that sounds great. So, okay, let's talk healer to healer. Um, I know you're not really doing healing, but like you still have all the experience. So when it comes to shadow work, what do you think is like the, at least in your experience, what has been the hardest thing to shift out of all the different experiences that happen in the shadow? Hmm. For me personally or Mm -hmm. for other people? I mean, like personally, I mean, it could be something that you've as a healer worked on other people or like it could be something that you've personally gone through. Yeah, or both so actually like it's okay. the, the one that I'll give you is kind of a both thing anyway. So I don't even know why I asked. Uh, there's a, a very particular wound that I think a lot of people carry and it's the witch wound. And I so often when we do shadow work, we see people's past lives because that's a huge part of your unconscious material. When we go into past lives, very often the brain, because of the way that it processes information, will bring us to moments of significant trauma, which very often is death. And if we're going into past lives that have happened in the past 500 or so years, that can often mean we're going back and seeing moments of being betrayed or um, thrown under the bus during things like the Scottish witch trials or the ones that happened in Boston in the United States. They happen all over the world, everywhere, South America. So when we go in and see those, It can be incredibly difficult to shift people out of those moments because they show up so significantly in this life. It's a fear to speak. It's a fear to show up as yourself because what if you're persecuted for it? And even though we live in a world that's so different now, we still have evidence of the fact that you need to hide certain pieces of yourself. Or if you do speak up, people are going to judge you or there's violence involved. Like think about the riots that happened a couple of years ago during the Black Lives Matter movement or all the issues that we have currently with um, people of uh, any Asian descent where you feel like you're not safe. So it's like we're still going through it in a lot of ways, even though being a witch is easier. Being a healer is easier. Being a human isn't. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, and that's where I kind of like, have you ever done quantum hypnosis? I have. Mm-hmm. It's okay. super cool. It's it's powerful. It's cool. Um, I just kind of feel like it's unnecessary to relive the end point of every lifetime. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, cause some people have gotten uh, stuck in there and they're like, they're like, oh my God. And they're like it's, <laughs> and it's re-traumatizing. Yeah. It's just not very helpful at the end mm-hmm. of the day. No, for sure. For sure. And I'm talking about thing that I, in my book. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You get stuck in that trauma. And if you're not healing from it, what's the point? There's just right. no reason to just go back and live it just to live it. If we're going back, it should be to release it, to heal it, to move beyond it completely in every way. Yeah, to change. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a that's one of the things that in shadow work is so difficult for people to understand is they get caught in the healer. Like they don't really realize that the healer trap is even like a shadow trap where you you have this narrative like there's this that basically I don't know. I found the answer. I found the answer is like the healer trap. One day when I woke up and I was just like, "Yo, 
how long am I going to heal for? Like, when is this going to end? You know, like, yeah. and then it hit, it hit me. It was like, no, you're the one that decides when it, like, why do you keep coming back to it? You know, like yeah. if you're done, you're done. Right. So well, it's really that all the time. Like how often do you do your own shadow work? And I'm like, I lived in shadow work for three years and now I visit it occasionally when I feel like it, like an old mm-hmm. friend. But most of the time I'm not sitting around living in my shadows. I'm living in the light and doing other things and really experiencing this world for everything that it has to offer at this time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the something else I want to share just to kind of like add into your perception. I think the other thing that I've noticed personally uh, doing shadow work with people is that they get obsessed when they're able to see those past lives and they're just like, I have to complete a karma or, you know, I have to rebalance that story, even though you're in a new lifetime right now. Um, I definitely have known so many people have gotten in the in that little trap where um, it's like they stop being who they are now to live the past, you know, and even though the past is like relative because multiple dimensions and whatever, but um, it's like they forget about this lifetime, especially when they're going through shadow work. And then one day they wake up and they're like, I just spent the last three years living somebody else's life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. And I think karmic loops are cool because they're informative But like everything else, it is information. It shouldn't be something that you cling to as your new identity. So this happens very often when I work with people in groups, because I do group setting work within Create Your Light Academy, my group program. And like week one, week two, people are like, oh my God, I just saw this. This means X, Y, and Z. So now I need to just focus on X, Y, and Z. And I have to kind of remind them like, hey guys, like this is one thing. Think about how many lifetimes you've had. Think about how many moments you've had just in your current lifetime that are traumatic. And now multiply that by like 10 million. You can't solve them all. You're not meant to. It's not the point. The point is really to release as much as you can. What can we let go of? What can we unburden ourselves from? Because that's where you're going to feel a shift. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The other thing too about like shadow work is like a lot of times people don't realize that when you're going to go do it, you're going to find out personality qualities about yourself that you did not, you did not expect to be there whatsoever. So what are your experiences with, with that um, like new character development, I guess, through shadow, shadow work? Yeah. So a background on this for anybody who's unfamiliar with the brain Our personalities are formed. You're not born with certain personalities. In fact, the only thing that's on your DNA is uh, whether or not you're going to be extroverted. And uh, like, um, it's not even like extroversion the way that we see it. It's basically, are you an easy baby? And are you a disagreeable baby? Those things are encoded onto your DNA. You just might be a little bit more agitated or a little bit more easygoing. Other than that, your personality is completely free to form how you want it to. So if you think you're an introvert or you think you're an extrovert or you think you're a people pleaser, whatever it is, fill in the blank here, it's because that's what you've learned throughout your current lifetime. And you're just repeating that. And when we create this narrative in our heads about who we are, we start to cling to that story. So for me, I know I grew up believing I was an introvert and I couldn't do certain things because I was too introverted. I was afraid to be in certain scenarios. But when we go back and do some past life work, you can see that you've had so many lifetimes where you've been everything under the sun. You've been 
someone who's completely extroverted. You've been someone who is an asshole. You've been someone who's a people pleaser or an empath. And I think we can start to let go of this idea that we need to show up a certain way, or even in this lifetime, like this is set in stone for you because it's so not life is whatever you want it to be. You get to choose. So if you want to wake up tomorrow and be an extrovert who has completely perfect boundaries, you can choose that and start living that story and your behaviors will shift with you. They'll start to match it. Yeah. Okay. But you say that. And like, one of the things that happens is like, people are like, okay, I'm going to, for instance, the other day I was watching TikTok and this technique I know works, but a lot of people struggle with it where you rewrite your past, right? Like mm-hmm. you're like the whole entire story till now, like how you are, how do you stick to that narrative? How do you like glue yourself to it so that it doesn't drag you back? Cause you know, the shadow work process has like the forward movement and then like two steps back kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. How do you do that? So this is exactly why I love shadow work in the first place. So this technique that we're talking about is a narrative therapy technique called restoring. So it's like going back to the earlier moments of your life and changing the way that you perceive them and then choosing to live that. The problem with it, and it would be so easy if we could just do this and choose tomorrow, just like I was saying before, but there's a feedback loop in the brain called the subconscious feedback loop. And this feedback loop is a four-part piece. We have experiences that create certain chemical reactions in the brain that send a message down to the physical body about how to react that sends thoughts back up from your gut. And then that then informs the last piece of changing how you see experiences in the future. That loop is always running. And whatever your earliest experience was dictates everything that you see from that point forward. With shadow work, true traditional shadow work, where you're going back and seeing those original moments and rewriting them, the goal is to interrupt that subconscious feedback loop. We want to hit it at any point. It doesn't matter where we interrupt it, but we need to interrupt it. And when we do, when we knock that subconscious feedback loop off of its uh, circular route, what happens then is we can actually change the story in a way where we won't fall back into it. So let's say the story Let's just stick with what we were talking about before for simplicity's sake. Let's say the story is that you're an introvert and you really want to be extroverted because you want to have a podcast someday, which is why you're listening to this podcast and all the others that you have linked up on your Spotify. So you want to be someone who's extroverted, but when you were five years old, you were in kindergarten class and your teacher yelled at you for speaking out when it was supposed to be quiet time, everybody's supposed to be napping. For some reason that day, it just rubbed you the wrong way. And what happened was the experience of it, the sensory things, the way that it sounded when she yelled, the uh, emotions that you felt, which is that chemical reaction in the brain, start to make you feel like you were bad or unworthy. That sends messages down to the body of switching into fight or flight. So we start to have that heart pump and we start to have your breathing get really shallow and you get tense and you start to have a little bit of brain fog. And that sends a thought up of, I never want to do that again. I'm going to stay quiet. And even though you're only five when this happens, that follows you because every time someone raises their voice around you, it's a constant reminder. We kick into gear. We go right into that same subconscious feedback loop. So much so that your brain now starts to associate other things with it. Now it's not just when someone raises their voice that you feel that way, but it's anytime you kick into fight or flight. Now we're starting at a different point in the loop, but every time you kick into fight or flight, it's like, uh uh-oh, 
can't do this, shut down, I can't speak. And so it becomes a bigger and bigger problem. So for anybody who wants to do the restoring stuff, you have to find the earliest moment. You have to go back to the first time, especially in this lifetime, but you can go further into past lives to discover where it was that that subconscious feedback loop started. When you interrupt that, then you're going to undo that chain. You're going to break that route, that circular route that your body is taking. And you can choose something different because when you do that, now you're just essentially reprogramming your brain and going, let's just throw out what we had. Let's put in some new hard wiring and that'll be the program that your body runs. And from that point on, you're on this new shifted aligned path. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, that's a, uh... It's a different way than I, it's definitely kind of one of the ways that I've done it before in the past. Um, one of the ways someone taught me how to do it was like, you see your, your, your movie, your life, like a movie and you play it from the very beginning of your life to the current moment in black and white with squiggling lines. Like you're watching it on a VHS tape. And then eventually you're going to notice that your brain stops at a certain point. And then that's where you want to go ahead and you want to change like a, a very light detail. Like there's dolphin people walking in that memory or something. And it actually does allow you to kind of detach. It's like, it's more so like you're so close to the idea of the original program that you didn't even realize that there's the ability to step away from it or like create space and distance between it. Um, yeah, that's the best way I explain it. Cause like, I see a lot of things like via the astral, so images and like impressions, you know, mm-hmm. that's really cool. That is definitely a way to interrupt that feedback loop, because what you're doing essentially is reprogramming the sensory stuff. You're taking that initial experience and you're altering it in some way, which then changes how you feel, changes how your body reacts and changes how you think. Same thing yeah. from an angle, which I love, by the way, super yeah, cool. Nice. Yeah. So like, um, how do you end up doing it for yourself? Like what's a, like a quick personal practice? So shadow work for me is the process of meditating to the point that we can access via theta brainwaves, your unconscious memories. So what I'll do is I'll drop into a quick meditation It's easier the more often you do it. So it doesn't take me very long anymore. And I'll just ask myself, like, what's the earliest time this ever happened? And I'll just boom, I'm right there. I can see it from that first person perspective, everything that happened on the day of. And I let myself experience it, but I focus on my body instead of the other stuff. I really focus on keeping the breath slow and deep, deep breaths down into the diaphragm. And as I do that, I'm forcing myself to never be able to switch into fight or flight because that autonomic nervous system is only able to switch into the sympathetic or the parasympathetic. It can't do both. So by keeping my body really regulated, I'm interrupting that feedback loop. And that way it can never escalate to those other points. And so staying really calm in those moments changes how I feel about them going forward. So when I get up on stage in front of 500 people, it doesn't mean anything anymore. I'm so calm. I'm so able to switch into that really regulated state because that's now what my brain knows. And that's how it stays. Nice. Yeah. It's kind of like muscle memory in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And muscle memory is like partially a physical thing, but it's also emotional and it's tactile. It's all the senses and it's like that whole loop is involved in it. So anywhere you can interrupt is good, but I like the physical because your breath is so easy to control. 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried uh, holotropic breathing? I have. I love breath work, by the way. I think okay. work is just such a cool practice. Yeah, I did holotropic breathing, I think, last year. And it was the first time I, I did it, did it. Because I had tried doing it on my own. And the the instructor was just like on point. But there came a point where everyone, because I did it with like eight of my friends, and we all just checked out. And someone was just like randomly started crying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was just like, what? It's a and purge. Then, yeah, it's a purge of like, like, it's like your cells weren't oxygenated enough to process the original stress. And that's kind of like what I really understood from it where to the point where after I did it, I remember that whole night I couldn't sleep because my whole left side of my body had so much energy that it was just like, no, you can't go to sleep. You gotta go do something. Even though I was so like mentally taxed. So yeah, I think, I think breath work, especially like doing like Wim Hof stuff even as well has been really helpful for like talking to your body because, um, Wim Hof kind of like has certain practices that really mix in with, uh, Yogananda's techniques, which is basically bringing consciousness back into the body and recognizing that like each each cell is an individual miniature version of you in the greater multiverse that is you, you know? I love that. Have you tried doing (laughs) these ice baths? Because that I felt like I want to do and I'm not there yet. (laughs) No, I'm on, I'm on one of these lighter, like cold showers like medium cold showers in the morning See, that's exactly what I do at the end of the shower I just turn it all the way cold and I just let myself sit with the cold and that's Mm -hmm. that's about as far as we're going right now with that but Wim Hof is awesome (laughs) yeah he's on another level yeah for sure um so okay well when oh hold on my headset kind of like freaked out um (laughs) when we are working with uh shadow work for instance one of the things that happens naturally is the ability to um, amplify your psychic abilities and whatnot. So what is your experience when you started working with shadow work? Did something particular come out? Oh, this is such a fun question. Yeah, I actually talk about this at length in my book because that's one of the unexpected side effects of doing shadow work. It's like the doors burst wide open on the psychic stuff. So for me, when I first started, I remembered that I've been a medium my whole life and everything started coming through. Like I started seeing people in my room, um, just having that like really intense connection with them, having to learn how to shut that off and then starting to work a little bit on the astral plane and letting myself astral project and see everything that came from that. My gift more than anything else is clairvoyance. So for me, just like you, it's very visual for me, but I've also had people who do shadow work have other things come through like clear audience where it's not even just like a spiritual gift. It's like they can start to hear music differently. And so they could play piano as a kid. All of a sudden they can hear a song and they can start to play it. Our gifts are so strong and we just don't necessarily know how to tap into them. But with shadow, it's like a weight that's weighing you down. And as we pull that shadow off and we kind of remove all that heaviness that's clinging to you and let you just be your full self, it's so easy to tap into and it just keeps getting stronger, which is super cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, then I have another one because I got all these different like vibes. I don't really talk to people about like shadow work often. Um, did you ever notice that when you were going into shadow work that you 
almost started diving into black magic or dark alchemy or anything like that? Oh, a thousand percent. I have a past life and this is one that I actually talk about right at the beginning of shadow work. I opened the book by talking about one of my past lives. And in this particular past life, I worked with black magic and it was something that um, my soul did regularly and taught people how to do at a time when that was really not okay. It was in Scotland, it was in the 1600s and all the memories of what happened back then started flooding back. And it almost felt like maybe that's something I'm supposed to be more aware of. Maybe that's something that I'm supposed to be paying attention to. And very quickly, I realized absolutely not 100% no, like we do not need to go down this path. So much so that I started doing some other healing sessions like Akashic Records, diving more into my shadows, I'm working with other healers. And it was like, don't even keep your hair black because my hair is naturally black. Like you're too much of who you were then looking like her. You need to start moving in a different direction, which is why my hair is now blonde and it will be red by the time this podcast comes out because I'm bored of the blonde, but like trying to move away from energetically who I was then because it felt so natural for me to fall back into that dark, dark space. I think for me, shadow work is about visiting the dark, but then coming back to yourself, coming back to who you are, which is a balance of the light and the dark. Yeah, oh, definitely. I noticed that when I started doing shadow work, um, and I've never heard anyone say anything like this, but this avatar's personality um, is a direct conflict to the last person that I used to be. Um, so like, cause it's, and it's weird because doing shadow work too, I've realized the collapse of time and space, like it's not really real, right, mm -hmm. obviously. But it's like I came to this incarnation from a timeline where I was a pharaoh and then simultaneously I was in the Iron Age, kind of like doing a ton of black magic. And like Axel has a personality that contradicts like naturally wanting to be either one of those people. But then those characteristics of that person is still in me. So like through the shadow work, I've been able to realize, okay, well, there's a part of you that like is always kind of like questioning like I wish a motherfucker would you know like and I, I would just unload all this black magic that I have at my fingertips right now and it's just kind of like no like that was you know and I could become like that's where Excel comes in and is like no that's that was the problem last time like you were always looking for a fight and look at where it got us you know what I mean so it's exactly. like this it's yeah you know it's been this weird kind of like characteristic development as well even as a shaman I think um just with shadow work. And I, I've noticed that a lot of people, especially in this lifetime, the people who have like this natural draw to be like a, a light worker or like they want to do good for the world is because they had some form of darkness um, involvement in that darkness. A thousand percent. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? I see that all the time. It actually really freaks people out when they call themselves a light worker in this time and they're so against the darkness and they somehow find themselves doing shadow work with me. I mean, go back to a past life where they were awful in some way, whether they were an awful human being or they were doing things like practicing really, really dark black magic and it freaks them out. And I have to remind them, like, we are here to have a human experience. We're here to see all sides of it. We're not just here to play one side and then walk away from it as if this is over. I don't know if you've ever read Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton. No, I don't think I have. 
Okay, so uh, he is a psychiatrist who works with hypnosis and taking people back to the space in between their lives. And just like you were talking about before, I don't think time is linear. I think we hop around and it's all kind of this like big ball clusterfuck of whatever. And we just kind of drop in wherever we need to be, whenever we need to be. And because of that, when he takes people back to the in-between, it's like usually before they picked this life, this body, this avatar. And he starts asking them questions about the choice. And one of the things that he's seen, and then of course I had to start doing this because I was curious. So I started regressing my clients to those moments, but not through hypnosis, just through meditation. One of the things that he sees is that we choose to live lives that are very opposite. So if I had one lifetime where I was a pharaoh, I need the next lifetime where I'm a beggar. Or if I had this lifetime where I was really rich and powerful and I had all this influence, my next lifetime, I'm going to be a prostitute and see how that goes. And our souls need to see all different sides of it. We need to experience life from every angle because that's how we grow. That's how we change. And taking that information, I think one of the cool things about the work that we do is we can actually come into this lifetime and recognize that. It's not like we're necessarily going in blind anymore. And we can go, no, I've had lifetimes where I've done this. I've had lifetimes where I was like, I wish a motherfucker would. And mm -hmm. now I can restrain myself in those moments and breathe and find my way back to myself and remind myself that none of it matters and everything matters at the same time. And that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And even if you think about shadow work too and like timelines and lifetimes, like a per the person you were 10, 20 years ago is a light, it's a totally different person for most people than <laughs> who you are now. You know, it's, it's almost like, wow, like I sometimes you reflect on those moments too and you're like, wow, I, I, I dumped timelines, I incarnations even to become a different oh, yeah. person. Um, and I think that's one of the things a lot of people that's part of the shadow work I think I've, I've found personally is like um, a lot of people have like this go, go, go mentality. Like I got to cross the next goal. I got to do this. I got to do that. And you don't actually stop to look at yourself in the past and all the strides that you've made and all the things you had to go through to become who you are right now. That's part of the shadow work. It allows your shadow to be like, yo, I've been able to do kind of like earlier, you know, when I was telling the you. The lunar like, eclipse. Yeah, the lunar eclipse. Like, literally it. Yeah, that's literally the energy that was there. Is like you've 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 been able to do all these different things at one point, and even if you if you can't remember it, somebody else in reality has gone through it. You're not alone, so that person probably found the answer. See if you can kind of channel it somehow. You know, it's kind of the other things that have come through that kind of shadow work, which is really intense. So, like when you do shadow work, like do you primarily do like? Um, hypnosis do you do like a specific kind of energy work yeah so not hypnosis and there's a reason for that as much as i think hypnosis is really cool and i've had it done to me before there's a specific trauma issue that occurs with hypnosis when we are disconnecting ourselves from our bodies and kind of like almost coming out of your chakra system where like the lower chakras are not grounded you're not connected anymore your soul is somewhere else what happens is we can re-traumatize ourselves so you're experiencing something during hypnosis, like let's say a past life where you die, like we were talking about earlier. If you're going through that and you're under hypnosis and you're not attached to your body, you can't interrupt that subconscious feedback loop in the same way. All you can do is witness it. And then what? It's not really going to get you where you need to go. 
it could be re-traumatizing because now it's more solidified. It's not just something that's buried. Now it's something that's conscious and traumatizing, which can be a lot worse. So the method that I use is to meditate. And what I do is I help people meditate to the point that they can access theta brainwaves, which is where you're kind of in that sleepy state, like you're super relaxed. But if you wanted to get up and go answer a phone call, you could, you're still able to move. You have full cognition and awareness. You're just so relaxed that both your heartbeat and your brain are moving in the same rhythm. There's complete coherence throughout the body. So when we get you there and you're in that complete coherent state of theta brainwaves, the unconscious mind is just open for you. And anything you want to see is really, really readily accessible. The area where I come in as someone who's guiding people there is to remind you to really tap into breaking that subconscious feedback loop by keeping your body really calm as you go through it. Because when you're doing it by yourself, it can be easy to forget that. You're just like, oh, fuck, what am I seeing? And you start to freak out. So the reminder of that to keep you really calm and really safe as you go through. And also that I can see what you see. So if there's something that you're missing, like let's say your review is your first person. So you're looking ahead of you. I can see everything around you. So if there's something important behind you, I can just kind of nudge you and be like, and why don't you turn around for a moment and see what's behind you? Or let's look over your left shoulder and see what comes into view. And then you can turn and you can see it yourself which is really cool. I get to experience a lot of amazing things when I do shadow work with people. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I've never heard anyone kind of explain it that way. Um, yeah, the data is actually- a little different, just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, theta is really powerful. Um, I know there's a form of healing called like theta healing. There um, is, yeah. But, you know, I've, I've had it a couple of times. I feel like, personal meditation to get to a theta state is much more powerful. You know yeah. what I mean? I think anything um, that we do for ourselves, where it's like a, a practice that you can really internalize it and make it your own is always going to be more powerful because no one knows you better than you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things um, I've noticed lately with like the kind of, cause I've gone into, I think I mostly live in Delta right now. Like it's kind of like, uh, it's where I'm normally at and I've been doing like these brain scan tests and stuff like that and one of the things that I noticed most recently is like when I go into like a blank space and it, there's not like I'm gone I still hear my voice in the background like m- repeating a mantra and it be, it'll basically be like you know I, I'm love like I, all I have is love all I have oh, is I love, love all that. I have I love yeah. that you say that to yourself. I wonder if that's your higher self chanting it at you in the back. Yeah, it's kind of, it's 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 only happened this year. It's kind of like really intense. And I I realize that I'm reprogramming reprogramming myself from somewhere else is pretty much what it is. And that's where I again I've I've even been like, I feel like my shadow now has been trained to have that narrative. My unconscious has that loop somewhere. And when I just fall into that deep state, I can just keep installing it and making it more deep um which is actually really powerful and i and i know i've just done that because i i kept trusting my shadow i stopped seeing my shadow as the enemy after some point and i was like you know what my shadow and my ego technically work together to create my reality and like i have to understand that i after i went to this long journey of like trying to kill my ego and i realized by trying to kill my ego i was only causing myself more harm in the process 
And I was like, okay, well, I realized that killing it isn't the way, then that means integration is the only way to do anything with anything. So I even looked at my shadow and I said, hey, how can we work together? Like, and I, that's, you know, through the clairvoyance, like you see it in front of you and you're like, hey, I, I'm not here to start shit. Like, I understand that you have your way of like looking at life and we're trying to get to this together. Can we do this together? Like, I'm here for you. And I think that's what really changed the narrative to let that kind of script play naturally because it knows that I'm not, I'm not here to fight you, you know? That's so beautifully put. And I think so many people in the spiritual community get hung up on this idea of having an ego death. And it's so counterintuitive for us as human beings because the ego is a protective mechanism of the brain. It's literally there to save your life. And is the method that it uses the best all the time? No, but it's still there to protect you. It's there to keep you safe. And when you learn how to work with it, just like you said, it can be an incredible ally because it can be something that lets you know in certain moments, like, okay, danger is approaching, but what type of danger? Is this something I should actually be scared of? Or is this something my brain is afraid of because it's new? And if you can figure that out, you can use that energy and move with it. And my shadow is one of my favorite spirit guides. I talk to my shadow constantly because it is, it's like that real friend. You know how you have your friend group and there's always the one that's like too positive where you're like, shut the fuck up, Karen. Like, that's not yeah. real. <laughs> but then you have the other friend who's like, listen, I'm just going to tell you straight up. Like, this is a bad fucking move and you're being an idiot. I feel like that's my shadow and the spirit guide team. Like, that's how my shadow shows up. And it is very helpful to learn how to move with that energy and use it. Because it'll lead you down the right path a lot of the time based on your past experiences. And sometimes it's a little cynical. But if you know that it's cynical and you can question it further and just kind of go, why? Why is this not the right move right now? Well, you saw what happened to so-and-so and that's not going to work out for you this time you can start to talk to it and get to the root of why. And that is where real change can come from. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Um, so is there, so I, I'm actually pretty, pretty curious about this question that I wrote down. Have you noticed a specific diet or herbs or anything like that, that go along with shadow work that have worked for you? Can I tell you the second person asked me that this week? And I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before, like nice. ever. It's so funny. Okay. So for me, whenever I'm doing shadow work or I'm preparing to do shadow work, it's really about grounding my energy. And that looks like eating things that are very grounding. I love Ayurveda. I think for me, in terms of how I think about food and energy, because everything falls into Ayurveda. It just makes so much sense. So if I'm going inwards into that winter period in my body or in my spiritual practices, I want to eat in that same way. So lots of root vegetables, anything that comes from the earth that really thrive during those time periods when it's cold. So lots of soups and stews, um, lots of things like carrots and beets and uh, potatoes, anything that's coming up from the ground. And even grounding practices, I know that's not related to diet, but anything grounding beforehand is just going to be helpful. Um, things like turmeric, anything that's coming from the earth, cinnamon, all those really, really hearty, heavy, spicy things that are coming from the ground, always with shadow work. And if you pay attention to Ayurveda and that's something that you like to practice, you can just look at what they recommend for that season, anything winter-based. Got it. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I think um, 
personally I found that um like blue lotus is really good for like blue lotus tea mugwort tea is really good for shadow work um there's something else that I've done. I've especially like I tell people usually they they have to go through some sort of like shadow work issue. Cut out all dairy from your. Oh like, yeah, dairy. Yeah, and so yeah, it's so inflammatory for your system, and it's really gonna fog up your brain as you're trying to access that unconscious mind. Yeah. Also sugar, because I've noticed through my work that like sugar is a numbing agent. So people use it to kind of like just bury the like kind of like the emotions away. So I tell people like cut out sugar for a hot minute and then just cut out like dairy. That'll open up your mind so that you can first of all see enough like of the bigger picture. And then you can't run from it anymore. You're not trying to like satiate it. So like you have to deal with it right there and then. Um, I also have like have personally found that like apple cider vinegar too is pretty good. Even though it's like super... Yeah, yeah, it's super difficult to kind of like swallow. Um, but so yeah, that one's really makes it more manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- I've noticed that is good for like clearing out like the um, the gut in general from like those stagnant emotions because like the gut being a brain, you know? The gut um, is literally your brain. That's the fourth part of that subconscious feedback loop. Your thoughts come up from your stomach. Your gut is where your thoughts come from. We think it's our head, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most recently too, I was reading that like the heart as well can be considered a secondary brain. So I was like, oh damn. And think (laughs) about like your whole body and everything. Like we're just operating. Like one of the things I, I, I even do in shadow work that I think is really important for people is to have like these philosophical questions with yourself. And like, what if reality is not what you think it is? Like, what if I'm actually just the collected experiences of every cell that's in my body that is then telling my ego to take action? You know, like, what if it's not really me? And having those kind of thoughts is like really powerful, I think. Oh, absolutely. And we don't know anything. Like everything we talked about, like, I hope some of it's legit, but like 99% of it's going to end up being bullshit down the line because we're going to keep finding out more and more as we grow, which is beautiful. I do a lot of past life work and I wonder sometimes if we even have past lives or if we have this collective unconscious where we're just tapping into the lifetimes that we're meant to tap into this time. Because if we are all just souls experiencing the universe together, just like cells in a body, who's to say that you and I haven't been a pharaoh together? And if that's the case, why are you remembering it and not me? It's just interesting. I don't think we know anything, but I like finding out. Yeah, yeah. So there was one, a couple of that one, that one right there was like, oh, I never thought about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. The other one that like really blew my mind a couple of years ago, um, I was on a date and this guy was like, what if, what if all of reality is just this one molecule and his movement is so fast that like, we, it looks like it's separation and it's all separate, but that, the, what, that one molecule is what all of esoterica talks about being like oneness right or that one atom basically and i was just like oh damn like i never even really thought about it because it's definitely and then, like with the years passing by people have like those little machines that just have like a dot that creates like all these crazy designs it's mm-hmm. like oh that's definitely viable so like the last one too that i would i want to add in there is infinity like i try to really sit down oftentimes with my shadow and be like 
because you know how your shadow and your ego would try to create like endpoints, like, well, you know, like we shouldn't do this because it's going to get us right here. But what if it doesn't get us there? And what if like we end up doing it there? We end up, we end up doing this thing and something even that we can't calculate ends up happening. And you keep like kind of like putting that out there. Um, one of my friends yesterday taught me his really cool uh, shadow work technique actually. And he was like, if you really, if you really got to quiet your mind and you need to see who's in the operating seat, ask yourself this one was like crazy he was like ask yourself what's my next thought gonna be and then you just keep asking what's my next thought gonna be what's my next thought gonna be and it creates like this infinite loop where it's like you can't answer that because you don't even know what's gonna happen next and sometimes a thought will come in and you just okay you acknowledge it you let it go what's my next thought gonna be again and you go into like this shadow you go into like the void you just disappear and I was like, wow, that's a good way to like kind of like hack the brain and make it shut up. So yeah, it's sorry. True. Had- that's deep. But at the same yeah. time, weird statistic, but important one, 95% of our thoughts repeat every single day. So statistically, it's only going to be a word bank of like, say, 40,000 thoughts. And when you think forward on those, it's going to be one of those 40,000. Weird yeah. to think about. Our brains, our bodies, our energy, our souls, like everything is so unbelievable. We literally don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're just trying to figure it out as we go, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am so grateful that you were here and you were able to share your wisdom on shadow work. And we had like this pretty cool, dope conversation. Uh, Is there anything else that you would like to leave everyone who's listening here with like another piece of wisdom? Yeah. Okay. So let me wrap up with this and thank you again for having me. It's always so fun talking to you. I think the piece of wisdom that I would leave here is to trust nothing and to just keep learning because even everything that we said, there's so much more to it. There's so much more knowledge out there and so many more things we haven't even learned yet. Don't stop at any point. Just keep expanding yourself and see where it takes you. Yeah. Nice. Where can they find you on social media? Okay. So on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all the places I am at, I am Danielle Massey. So I am Danielle Massey. Same thing with my website. It's just, I am Danielle If you want to pick up my book, shadow work is available for pre-order on Barnes and Noble and on Amazon. I'm so excited about that one. I also have a shadow work journal for people who are just starting to dip their toes into the shadow work pool. And that one's called the shadow seekers journal. You can pick that up on Amazon. So those are all the places I can't wait to connect with you guys. And thank you again for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'll make sure to link all your stuff as well in the uh, the little bio section of the podcast and whatnot. But thank you so much for being here. I'm sending you all the love and we'll definitely have you back here again, okay? Receiving that. Thank you. Yeah.